Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I need you to pay close attention to this message. It is not an ad. This is about Canada land and this is about you. You need to know that the news crisis is about to get a lot worse. You've heard about the layoffs. We're about to have news closures. And it's very likely that we're going to be seeing the defunding of the CBC. Where are you going to get your information from? What can you do about this? You can support Canada Land. We need you to. And so for this month and this month only, you can become a Canada Land supporter and get everything our supporters get for just $2 a month. That is an almost 80% discount. The clock is ticking on this. It disappears at the end of the month, and then we will not offer it. We need your support. We need to keep news coverage alive in Canada. Go right now to canadaland.com slash join. And thank you. This episode is brought to you by the Center for Addiction and Mental Health here in Toronto. Cutting-edge, state-of-the-art, compassionate facility. Right now, it is Mental Health Awareness Week. This is the time when they need you most. This is the time when you can make a real difference when it comes to doing something about the mental health crisis and the devastating opioid epidemic, the overdose epidemic that we're currently experiencing, losing 20 people every day. They need your help. Donate at camh.ca slash canadaland to help CAMH treat addiction and build hope. Okay, hello, Canada Land listeners. Um, I guess we'll call this bonus content. Earlier this week, I was able to get an interview with Mohamed Fahmy. Fahmy, of course, is the recently pardoned, previously imprisoned Canadian journalist. He has just been pardoned. I spoke to him in Egypt. You've heard us talk about his case many times. We put the interview up in text and audio form on the website, but we talked about it here and decided that it's something that anybody who has heard our coverage uh, through the podcast would probably want a chance to listen to. So here it is recorded this past Tuesday, my conversation with Mohamed Fahmy. Wait for it. Hey, Jesse. Mohammed. How you been? I'm all right. How are you? I am a newborn man. I'm, you know, I'm, you know, fresh, uh, a whole new slate, ready to go. <laughs> Congratulations. Thanks, man. Mazel tov, Mohammed. Mazel tov. <laughs> <laughs> There's no other question to start with here. It's awesome that you're a free man. Why are you a free man? I am a free man because of two women Marwa, my wife, and Amal Clooney, who were basically uh, the nail in the coffin uh, in what was a huge campaign by you guys, the journalists who supported me across the world, by armies of diplomats, social media gurus, and so many Canadians that I need to thank when I get back home that were constantly for two years fighting, calling for my release, and at the end, uh, Marwa, my wife, and Amal just continued for weeks and weeks to 
advocate and push on the Canadian and Egyptian governments to just get me out of this crisis. And I was pardoned. And here I am, a newborn man, very happy, excited and just ready for life again. We can't wait to have you back here. But I got to like as much as you know, what worked? What got you the pardon? Why now? Why not months ago? And why not years from now? God forbid. But why did it happen when it did? Well, you know, um, to be sentenced twice in two years and go back to prison, I think the second time around, the Egyptian president realized how bad the situation uh, looks. And, you know, there were so many people fighting for me. And the president realized, I think, that it's better to just get rid of this whole headache and this whole case and pardon me and Baher, my colleague. There's no way of getting a definitive answer on what happened exactly, but being inside this whole hurricane and the center of this hurricane, uh, I could easily tell you that it was, again, like I said, a collective effort from everybody involved calling for our release. NGOs, you guys, the journalists, my family, Marwa, my wife, Amal, my lawyer. I hope the president pardons the rest of my team who were sentenced in absentia and uh, Peter Greste and the rest of my colleagues because, you know, if we are pardoned, they should be pardoned and allowed to clear their names and live without a criminal record on their file. And uh, here I am uh, getting ready to head back to Canada uh, and uh, meet you all in person. And uh, I'm very excited about that. We've been covering this from when John Baird said that uh, your release was imminent. And there's been a lot of criticism about the government's response. But now, when the Minister of Foreign Affairs, Rob Nicholson, is asked if his government, if the Harper government can get the credit, what they had to do with your release, he said, well, this has been a, a priority of ours for some time. And the Minister of State, Lynn Yellick, she gave a similar answer. She said, well, you know, the government here has been calling consistently for Mohammed Fahmy's release. We're in the middle of a campaign, an election campaign here, and the Conservative Party of Canada, I, I, I don't think it's an overstatement to say they're taking credit for your release in the hopes that that might influence some voters. I think that everything is political at this point. Do they have a right to take credit for your release? Look, I mean, this is not just about my release. When a Canadian citizen is imprisoned and caught up in a case so complicated related to terrorism, the most efficient and senior officials in the Canadian government should intervene from day one. And my intention when I go back to Canada and I will be arriving before elections and I will be speaking in several rallies without pledging allegiance to any specific party to constructively highlight what the Canadian government could have done in a better way uh, in order to protect me while I was in prison in the solitary confinement in a terrorism wing for one month with a broken shoulder what they could have done to benefit from the deportation decree that allowed my colleague, the Australian colleague, Peter Gresset, to be deported while I was left behind to suffer for another year, what could have been done and should be done in future cases so that the Canadian government could learn from these lessons, the conservative government that has been handling this case, you know, and... 
here I have to give credit to the Canadian ambassador, Mr. Troy, Ambassador Troy in Egypt and his team here, who have been very helpful and supportive and visiting me in prison and bringing me maple syrup and chocolate and newspapers and making sure that I'm fine and coordinating with my family and my lawyers and taking care of all, of all that. However, claiming that the government has been successful in reaching a pardon, I believe that's a bit of an overstatement because I personally wanted to speak and requested to speak to Mr. Harper and he didn't welcome this initiative. And uh, my lawyer, Amal Clooney, wanted to meet Mr. Uh, John Baird when he was in office and he refused to meet her at a time when it was very important because the deportation decree had just been announced and it was a new law. No one knew what it meant. And here is one of the best lawyers in the world is coming to tell, advise the Canadian government for free on how to benefit, and they refused. So they're very minor issues that need to be highlighted. I intend to meet many politicians and officials when I head back to Canada and in Ottawa and other places. I cannot say that one camp or the other could get credit for my pardon or for my release, but all I know is that uh, indeed it was a collective effort, and I honestly think that the past two weeks, my wife and Emma Clooney have done immense lobbying that can only be explained in a very extensive interview and what they have done to get me out of this uh, prison. So I'm thankful to everyone who has supported me, including uh, the Conservative Party and our government back home in Canada. But I will definitely start a debate when I get back to Canada on how to protect Canadian citizens that vote for you and expect the government to preserve their rights in the Constitution, protect them while they're abroad. That's my goal when I head back home. You know, you bring up one thing that John Baird didn't do. There's some things he did do. He did say that back when you were still in prison, that if you were released and sent back to Canada, you would not face trial here, which uh, a lot of people were critical of because uh, that created a very embarrassing situation for the uh, Egyptian government. He didn't have to say anything of the kind. In fact, it would have been more diplomatic to say nothing. At least if that possibility of you facing trial in Canada was open, then Egypt could release you without being rebuked in that way. Furthermore, John Baird said your release was imminent, as mentioned, and then he quit his job. Jesse, thank you so much for following the nitty-gritty details of this case. I do remember it like it was yesterday when Mr. John Baird said that, and I was jumping with anger and I was even my family was emailing the, the ambassador at his comments that Canada would not put me on trial well Australia wasn't going to put Peter Greste on trial but they didn't say that because that would embarrass the Egyptian government all the journalists that attended the press conference that Mr. Baird where he announced that or made that comment were shocked that he said it you know because that uh, immediately kills what the Egyptians were trying to do and get rid of this uh, of me in a face-saving manner. And I did point out this diplomatic mistake, as I called it. There's so many lessons from this case to be understood. And when he announced the word that I was going to be released imminently, the emotional roller coaster that me and my family went through and, you know, was just unbelievable. And uh, you cannot do this to any prisoner anywhere in the world, give him such high hopes when there's nothing really concrete in your hand. So, again, thank you for this uh, support. He was successful in some of his efforts in Egypt. His last day in Egypt, he promised uh, that Canadians would be s supplying millions of dollars to Egypt. Specifically, they'd be uh, helping and training the Ministry of the Interior. 
And, you know, when we were covering your case, we spoke to Tarek Lubani, who said that he was beaten and his ribs were broken by officers of the Ministry of the Interior, uh, who I suppose are now being trained by Canadians. I'm wondering what your thoughts are on, on Canada's aid of Egypt and that close relationship and specifically the, the support and the, the training of Egyptian police. Yes. Uh, Mr. John Baird, when he came here, he was taken on a tour to Luxor and he promoted tourism in Egypt. And then uh, he pledged $60 million, as, I, as far as I understand, from taxpayers' money in Canada to train the Egyptian police, and uh, which were my captors at the time. So when I read all of that, I was a bit shocked that uh, with all that support that Canada is giving Egypt and even political support, you know, Mr. Harper is supporting uh, President Sisi's uh, political approaches. And uh, so I was hoping that, okay, so you're giving them all the support. Can't you nudge them to release your the innocent uh, journalist who's in prison? You know, and I was in complete shock that uh, they were not able to seal the deal knowing the kind of support they're giving the Egyptian government. So... Many questions and no answers yet. I mean, you're still speaking to me from Egypt, yes? That is correct, sir. When you return to Canada, will you have a bit more to say about what you know about the Canadian government's uh, handling of this? I mean, just going over it you know, piece by piece, John Baird saying that bullhorn diplomacy was not the answer for you. He obviously bungled the case and that he thought your release was imminent and it was not. Other journalists, we mentioned Tarek Lubani John, and John Grayson, bullhorn diplomacy was used in those cases. They were released much sooner than you were. I appreciate that you might not be in a position to say everything that you know. Uh, can we expect you to be a, a bit more expansive when you return and you're safely home in Canada? Of course, there's no doubt about that. There's a whole book to be written about what happened here and so many details that have not been announced yet. And, you know, in the case of Tarek Lobani and Jason, they're good friends of mine, and they sparked the Harper Call Egypt campaign in uh, in Canada. And uh, Cecilia Greeson also, she was, you know, uh, leading the this campaign in Canada. They're good friends, and I was reporting their story before I got arrested, which is very ironic. So, yeah, I mean, there's so much I'm going to reveal, and there's so many details that have not been announced yet, and the backstory of this case. There's a lot of context behind the arrest. Uh, there's a lot of diplomatic issues that, that happened behind closed doors. Uh, you know, I wasn't a party that led to my arrest, of course. You know, they're not part of the, the main story, but our government in Canada had a excellent chance to extract me a year ago when that decree was announced and they didn't take advantage of it. So there will be other Canadians who will be get, get caught in the political turmoil in the Middle East tomorrow. It could happen any day to doctors, journalists, and anyone, and we need to be ready to deal with it because my case is not going to be the last one. I assure you on that. If your masthead was not Al Jazeera, but CBC or the Globe and Mail, and I appreciate the politics of Al Jazeera in Egypt had a lot to do with your arrest, but there's, there are cases of CBC journalists being arrested abroad. From the Canadian government's point of view, do you think that would have made a difference? Do you think you'd be, be home sooner if you were not an Al Jazeera journalist, but with some other news organization? If I wasn't an Al Jazeera journalist, I may have spent very little time in prison and this whole international crisis would not have even been sparked. This is a putting Al Jazeera on trial in Qatar, not the journalists, but, you know, we were victims and they used us to get back at the network and the country. So to be very straight, this case would not even have happened to a CBC crew. If it was a Canadian crew uh, and, you know, the politics, you know, Canada has excellent bilateral relations with Egypt. There is no uh, grudges. There's no vendetta between the two countries. 
I think the situation would have been much more uh, different and simplified than where we are now. I appreciate that you're not going to endorse any of the parties that are running for office here in Canada, but you mentioned that you will be speaking at rallies that are hosted by some of them. Can you tell me if one of those parties is the Conservative Party of Canada? Uh, yeah, I can tell you it's not. I'm invited. I'll be meeting uh, Mr. Justin Trudeau and Mr. Thomas Mulcair separately, and uh, I'm very excited to meet them. These people have stood beside me and called my family and emailed my family, and they helped me. They questioned uh, our prime minister in parliament uh, about my passport. I lived for two months with no Egyptian IDs and no Canadian IDs. I, the joke in town here in every newspaper was the man with no citizenship. And uh, it took away from the intensity of the trial itself here. It became an issue of citizenship and Canadians in the C-51 and C-24 and everybody forgot about the case here. It was unbelievable. In the grapevine here in Egypt, Many people, because of this case, are very doubtful of what Canada can do to their citizens. And we need, as Canadians, to improve this image. We need to have leaders who will promote you know, what Canada stands for. What I learned as a person who moved to Canada and in 1990 and spent um, you know, his college years and spent more than 12 years in Canada and you know, paid my taxes and you know, just lived a, a Canadian life and understood the values there. And I, I respect both values of Egypt and Canada and loyalty to all um, rules and uh, constitution. And <laughs> You know, I, I hate to interrupt you. It's so embarrassing for me that, that you should be in a position. You're a Canadian citizen. You don't have to read a list that you're loyal to Canada and follow our laws and pay your taxes. I mean, either you're a Canadian citizen or you're not. And if you're a Canadian citizen and you're imprisoned abroad, I would I would hope that that would you know mean certain things about what your government would do for you. I mean, <laughs> it's it's crazy. That, I mean, I understand the, the atmosphere that you have to go through that list, but it's, it's representative. Crazy. It's it's really exactly what I go through here. But I also go through here, go through this on both sides of the world right now. You know, I yeah, it is weird. It is very weird that I have to go through that list, and this is part of the. Um, the, the torture, psychological torture I've been through. In Egypt, I had to raise the Egyptian flag in court to convince the judge that I'm not a traitor, that I'm not with the Muslim Brotherhood, I'm not Qatari, and that even though I dropped my Egyptian citizenship doesn't mean I am against Egypt. So I was trying to send a very clear message. You know, a, a, a photo is worth a thousand words and to the judge who is judging me, who's going to put me in prison or not. And then at the same time, I have to fight to convince the conservative government in Canada that I am just as Canadian as anyone else. And I need their full support. So it is a very weird roller coaster, to be honest. All right. I'm sure you got a lot to do to, to make arrangements to get home. Are, are you off of the no-fly list yet? Not yet, but we're in the process. It's a, it's not, it's, there's no issues. There's no complications. Uh, as soon as my name is removed, I will be flying to London to meet my lawyer, ML, there for a day or two maximum. And then heading right straight to Canada. I should be in Canada the end of the first week of October to embrace... The last two weeks before the elections in Canada, meet some of the opposition members and thank a lot of the people that helped me speak at uh, several rallies and thank so many people and meet you. Well, I was <laughs> going to ask, uh, can we have another conversation once you're safe home? Oh, for sure. Definitely. And uh, if at your studio, I'll be very happy to come at your studio and meet your team and 
and you can meet Marwa. Marwa is very excited to see Canada. I want to see Canada now from her eyes. You know, I've been telling her so much about Montreal and TO and Vancouver and what to expect and whatnot and how friendly Canadians are. And, you know, so she's got to see it now. <laughs> we'll be friendlier than Egypt was to you. I can promise you that. I, I, I have no doubt. Trust me. <laughs> Listen, thank you for everything that you're doing on behalf of journalists and, and the next journalist who's imprisoned. And uh, I wish you a safe trip home. Get home soon and safe. Thank you, Jesse. Thank you very much. Bye. Thanks again. That was great. That was great. You're, you're, you, and you have this case down to a science, don't you? <laughs> I've been following it for a while. <laughs> okay. That, that, that question about Harper, uh, you know, I'm trying to be diplomatic, but, you know, you check me out in the rallies when I come back. <laughs> I'll do just that. Okay, cool, man. Take care. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Are you ready for truly hydrated skin? Meet Hyaluronic Body Serum, a breakthrough in body care from Osea. It's clinically proven to instantly increase hydration by 161%. Their lightweight, fast-absorbing serum delivers 24 hours of nonstop hydration for silky, smooth skin without the sticky afterfeel. Osea's latest innovation combines the magic of their best-selling Hyaluronic Sea Serum with a new formula that's good for the whole body and five types of hyaluronic acid to target every layer of the skin. Osea is a women-founded, women-led brand that's been crafting seaweed-powered products for nearly 30 years. The best part? Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com code SUMMER.